Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. I like my women. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is Charles. Probably doesn't have COVID Thompson. Charles probably doesn't have COVID Thompson. How's it going today, man? Oh, I don't have COVID. Probably. Probably. We checked the... There's two things. There's two ways that we know. One is I'm not sick, and I've been around you several times, and I'm not vaccinated. And then... And I haven't worn a mask around you. So that would mean that I would definitely have Not because COVID. I forced any of those things upon no, you, though. It was a personal choice, mm-hmm. even though the cops might get here soon. We're not really sure. And the other thing is, I'm I'm in my office. I'm not in the hospital. Which means that you don't have COVID. And according to the beliefs of the majority of Americans, whether right, left, red, blue, purple, mm-hmm. the independent yellow, uh, you, you're hospitalized if you have the COVID. That's what we hear. Now, you the could, COVID. you might just be one of those lucky outliers that gets COVID and doesn't go to the hospital. But from oh. now, so far, and you could also smell things, right? I can. I okay. can smell and okay. taste things. Look, I, I've taken, look, I've look, taken four look. COVID tests in the last year. Every single one of them been negative. I'm the most negative COVID-19 testing person I know of. Mm-hmm. Other people have tested negative, but not, not as much. I've tested the most negative. <laughs> the most negative out of people i know you're more negative than other people yeah okay well this is the good morning liberty podcast we talk about life liberty and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to and today we have got uh, this is a little bit frustrating i've been thinking about it over the last couple days and i'm not i'm not super happy about this whole vaccine passport thing that we're going to be talking about mm. here in a minute and and uh, you know if it weren't for all the hypocrisy, I'd probably be less upset. But remember, just last week, we were talking about how requiring people, regardless of what their race was, to get a voter ID, to get an ID, just an ID card, you'd show to people when you go to vote. Mm-hmm. Now, that is exactly like Jim Crow. It's almost the same. Requiring everyone, regardless of their race and ethnicity, to get, I mean, come on, man. To get the same thing is just like Jim Crow. Mm. It's the same thing. Mm. But we can go ahead and make sure that people have vaccine passports to get into movie theaters and your job and whatever other businesses want to require it. We don't know which ones are going to do it yet. Yeah, why don't they just go ahead and put stars on Jews? Yeah, that's a great idea. And, you know, just label everyone. Let's see your papers. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you couldn't, if you wanted to come up. That was a joke, by the way, for people who don't Yeah, I don't think that we should do that. Yeah, I really don't think we should. I just Do you want to go ahead and restate that you don't think we should do that? I don't think we should do that. I'm just saying okay. that was a joke. Yeah. Because I'm I'm pretty So funny. you think the Holocaust is funny then? No. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. All right. I just I'm <laughs> I'm uh vaccine passport is akin is labeling people. It's and just having, like the Holocaust. Having your <laughs> having your papers. 
having yeah. your papers. Yeah. Identify yourself. Who are you? <laughs> well, why don't you uh why don't you take this article and run with it? Charles probably doesn't have COVID Thompson. I will. This is coming from Business Insider. It's inside your business. Mm-hmm. The Biden administration is developing a national coronavirus vaccine passport program for Americans. This is what's going to keep you all safe, by the way. The Biden administration is working on a vaccine passport program that would allow people to prove they have received a coronavirus vaccination before entering venues that have been closed during the pandemic, such as offices or movie theaters. Such as, such as, such as, I mean, that literally they're starting off saying you're going to prove that you've had the vaccination before entering venues that have been closed during the pandemic. That's everything. That's mm-hmm. all the things got closed at some time due to the pandemic, except for Amazon's website <coughs> and Walmart. You can't even go to a rock concert, man. I know. Five officials who spoke anonymously. Why are they anonymous? <laughs> told the Post that the White House is pushing efforts by federal agencies and private companies to develop the program. Vaccine passports have been widely touted around the world as a way for commerce to start returning to normal while reducing the risk of COVID-19 outbreaks. They could be required for entry to sports arenas, music venues or restaurants, or to travel internationally. The passports will likely take the form of a scannable code displayed on smartphones. Private developers told the Post, while users without smartphones will be able to print codes onto paper. Why don't we just, if you don't have a phone, why don't we just tattoo it on your wrist or your forearm? Something like that. That way you could just scan it. And I it thought will... we were all getting chips with the vaccines anyway. That's true. They well, just... there's a chip shortage right now. I don't oh. know if you heard about that. So mm-hmm. some of the vaccines haven't had chips lately. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, now's the time to get them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and how easily could you fake this, by the way? There is going to be a large, large market for I just, fake vaccine passports. I just have a piece of paper with, it, <laughs> yeah. with my QR code on it. And be like, do you have a phone? No. No, all, I don't. I don't carry a phone. All you actually have to do is start ringing in my pocket. <laughs> all you got to do is have a copy of someone else's code that says that yeah. they had the vaccine. Yeah, exactly. And it scans, and it's. I mean, because you can't have someone have an ID because I, we know that that's racist, exactly. so we can't do that. Mm-hmm. And and so you just your code needs to be a copy of someone else's code that they can scan. Sir, it looks like you have a phone in your right pocket. <laughs> I'd be like. Pff. Who knows more about what's in my right pocket than I do? What's that? No, that's nothing. That's just a case of stuff. <laughs> I carry around a phone case. Yeah. This looks like a phone, acts like a phone, but it's not a phone. All you got to do is have your friend screenshot their their barcode that they opted into, mm. send it to you, and then just open up that picture on your mm. phone and have people scan it. Problem solved. We just got past the whole thing. I wouldn't even need to talk about this anymore. Uh, New York has already announced an app called the uh elixir <laughs> excelsior sorry excelsior pass which will allow users to prove they have been fully vaccinated against covid19 or have recently tested negative forbes reported one official suggested to cnn the vaccine passports could be required for people returning to work the white house declined to comment to the post on record but pointed to comments from jeffrey zintz the white house coronavirus response coordinator what a great title <laughs> Hey, Jeff, what do you do nowadays, man? Well, you know, I got a new job down there at the White House, man. It's coronavirus response coordinator. Used to be coordinating weddings, but now it's the, <laughs> now it's the coronavirus response coordinator. Good event, great events. <laughs> Who said at the briefing in March, as we increase the number of people vaccinated, we know some people may have a need to demonstrate that they are vaccinated. But at any other time, why can't people just get vaccinated? <laughs> I mean, notice the numbers going down. It's... 
well, there's a little bit left here, but I've got some thoughts. <coughs> got some thoughts on this. The private sector and not-for-profit coalitions are already beginning to work on this. Our role, quote, our role is to help ensure that any solutions in this area should be simple, free, open, source, accessible to people both digitally and on paper, and designed from the start to protect people's privacy. It's exactly what they're going to do. Except for letting people know whether or not you had a medication mm -hmm. put in your body. Yeah. The idea of vaccine passports is uh, gathering momentum worldwide, too. The UK is considering a similar plan. The European Union has announced a digital green certificate, which aims to prove whether a carrier has been vaccinated, tested negative, or recovered from the virus. Quote, with this certificate, we aim to help member states reinstate freedom of movement in a safe, responsible, and trusted manner. The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said in a news conference earlier in March. That was good. That was good. The Ada Lovelace Institute, an NGO, said 30 countries around the world, including China and the UAE, United Arab Emirates, are considering or already using a vaccine passport scheme. Scheme, huh? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As they seek to return to normal life, insiders Marianne Guano reported. How so, about that? How about that? Now this they hit a they hit an important thing here. It's going to mm. be free. It's going to be free for you to have. Oh. Okay. What's interesting is, um, you know, we spend all this time, and I'm not just going to link the whole thing to voter ID, but I do think. Do you think that IDs should be free from the from the government if they're going to make it mandatory that you have one? Probably. I mean, f by free, I mean it's taken out of the money that they already stole from you or yes. your neighbors. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean by free. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I kind of think that that should be the case too. Why isn't there just a massive movement to make any kind of identification free in a state? Instead of having this whole, if you require a voter ID, it's racist conversation. Why don't we move to make voter IDs free for everyone? I don't. I just feel like maybe that would be a good move. We can't have that happening unless that's not what you're aiming for. It's not. No, you know, it's not. If that's it's not, not the thing, um, I've got a vaccine card at home. By the way, I had to get one to go to uh, Africa. I think I I had the habit to enter the country of uh, Djibouti, or maybe we flew into Ethiopia. Maybe that's where I had the habit. So I've got a thing that says I've had the uh, yellow fever vaccine. And Typhoids. I've got a, I've got a stamp in, in my passport, my current passport, saying that I've been vaccinated for a couple things, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so this isn't just the newest thing that's ever happened. There's a lot of countries that already require some type of vaccination records on your actual <laughs> passport. But the issue I have here is starting to require it to go into businesses or that the businesses are going to require it themselves. We, we know that. We did an episode, by the way, about 75 episodes ago, talking about how you wouldn't need to make vaccines mandatory. That the, that the free market... The private businesses. Private businesses mm -hmm. were going to mandate the vaccines. Like, notice, we've had hardly any conversation to no conversation about mandatory vaccines. But if you make it to where you have to show that you've been vaccinated to conduct any type of commerce inside of the U.S., that's essentially making vaccines mandatory anyway, eventually. I don't know how many businesses are going to start with this, but you don't have to have the whole mandatory vaccine thing. You just require that people are vaccinated to go shopping, to, to go to Walmart, well, to go we to already, a movie. We already saw this with the mask mandate. You had Target and Kroger and other people come out to say, like in Texas and stuff, like we're still going to require a mask if you want to come into our store. Yeah. So private businesses are, are going to handle this. We don't need the coronavirus task force from the government 
mandating anything. The, the other thing is, imagine, listen, I'm no, I'm no anti-vaxxer. I'm no vaccine denier. I know Charlie isn't either. But imagine a vaccine so strong and powerful that it were dangerous for you to be in a room with people who weren't vaccinated. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. You know, like, it, I just, this whole conversation is so weird to me. And we've had it before about, about vaccines in the past. Like, if, if you're vaccinated, why, why is it so important that all the other people around you are also vaccinated? And normally people would make the argument, well, uh, because some people can't be vaccinated. And so it needs to be safe for them. But in this case, they wouldn't have a vaccine passport. So they're not going to be in the business in the first place. Mm. If you have a medical exemption from getting vaccines, can you be let in? I I don't know. I do. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen here. There's an interesting conversation uh, between Jordan Peterson and Brett uh, Weinstein. I don't know if you've listened to that yet or not. I I did. I actually, Peterson's podcast. I got annoyed by that conversation. But it was very interesting because they were talking about that potentially healthcare has actually been a net negative. I heard, I heard society, him say that, yeah. which I, I don't think I can agree with because I mean, shoot, a hundred years ago, you lived to be like 50. Um, so yeah, that was the life expectancy. I think obviously we've made some advances in modern science and, and medical technology vaccines being one of them that have uh, obviously helped uh, boost bolster the life expectancy of, of Western people. Versus where you see where, you know, polio and stuff still exists in other countries and those people are suffering a lot more so. Of course, we have, you know, other sanitary measures and things like that that have really, uh, yeah. you know, pushed the bar, so to speak, of life expectancy. But, um, you know, it's an <clears throat> that's an interesting conversation to have where, again, where the science is settled, you have to have the vaccine, you can't make your own decisions um, or I guess you live off the grid, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I guess you start hunting for your own food again. I I got to tell you, man, I don't know where I'm at on this, but my initial reaction, and I have to, before I officially state that this is what I'm going to do, my initial reaction is I'm not going to, I'm not going to patronize any businesses that require this vaccine passport. I think it's completely egregious to require that someone has some type of medication in their body for you to do business with them. Uh, I think that, that that that's pretty insane. Like I said earlier, kind of destroys the idea of the vaccine because I thought the vaccine would make it where you could be around people that had it and then you wouldn't get it because you had a vaccine. And so it kind of destroys that whole argument in the first place. And I don't know if I can conduct business with people that are going to be requiring this. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's officially what I'm going to do because I'm going to have to see if that's even going to be possible. Like, are they going to have me scan my code before I go get groceries? I'm not going to grow I, all the food that I need. I'll tell I you that. I probably will because I want to travel. Yeah. So. I'll just, I'll just drive everywhere, you know? <laughs> everywhere. Drive across seas? Yeah. Yeah. Put I'll your, get in the boat. Could you put your car on a ferry? I just, won't go through the, I just won't go through the canal in a big boat. I'll tell you <laughs> right, that. Right. They did get the big boat unstuck, they by the way. They got that thing out? Yeah. Oh, okay. I got it out. So are we should. dig that other one? <laughs> So maybe they'll see the uh, maybe the, maybe we'll see our gas prices coming back down now. I don't know. That, that was a big ass boat. It was a really big boat. Yeah. And yeah. She just run aground, man. Yeah. You ever been on a real shrimp boat? No, I've I've seen one in a movie once. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll say I've been on a real big boat. <laughs> okay. So let us know what you guys think about this. What are you guys gonna What are you guys gonna do in the private group here that we won't talk about the the Patreon supporters that are in our private Discord. Are you guys going to get this passport and then go to those businesses? Or are you going to make sure that you don't get it? What are you going to do 
let us know in the private in the in the chat, the live podcast chat right now. Let me know. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cut in here and tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. You've heard us talk about them before. It's Charlie's favorite app, BetterHelp. You can go to betterhelp.com or you can download the app. BetterHelp is this great app that pairs you with a licensed therapist. So it's therapy over your phone. All right. If you are having a tough time getting by right now, maybe you're dealing with anxiety, maybe you're just not as happy as you think you should be, maybe you're not finding the meaning. In life, you know, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Maybe you're not finding that meaning in your life that you think that you should be. If you're dealing with anxiety, with depression, with relationship problems, BetterHelp has got a licensed therapist for you. It's super simple. You just go to the website, betterhelp.com slash GML, and that's going to give you 10% off your first month, by the way. So you go to betterhelp.com slash GML. You make an account. They ask you some questions about yourself some preferential questions and they're going to pair you with a therapist that they think will work best for you if you don't want that therapist that's fine you just pick another one okay it's safe it's secure it's a way to actually talk to a therapist without having to go into the office much cheaper than going into the office by the way listen taking care of your brain of your mental health is super important. I don't know if you know this, but your brain controls everything that you do. Okay, so maybe it would help you to be talking to someone about it. You can message through the app. You can do video call. You can do voice calls. All kinds of stuff with the BetterHelp app. So go get that app. Make sure you sign up through betterhelp.com GML to get that 10% off your first month. You tell them we said, hey, moving on from this. These things are really starting to bother me a lot. I got actually more upset about this one, and I'm more upset about the liberty movement, conservatives, libertarians, everyone in general. Allowing this to happen, it started making me question this whole, you know, the other day when we were talking about our Second Amendment rights, Charlie, and I was just explaining the paradox to, well, if you only need the gun to protect your right to have the gun, like if you're going to allow the tyrannical state to take away all of the other liberties except for your right to have a gun, then, it, then it's kind of weird. But this mm. one really bothered me. From ABC News, New York bar infamous for defying COVID-19 lockdown, padlocked by sheriff's deputies. Mm. New York City bar, infamous. they are infamous in New York, I guess. A New York City bar infamous for its owners repeatedly defying Andrew Cuomo's COVID-19 restrictions was padlocked by sheriff's deputies after a judge heard evidence that it was serving alcohol without a license again. Oh, no. This is the, I mean. Oh, no. I know that this is just a bar. Oh, in, no, in, no, no, in, no, no. In New York, y'all. But this, this kind of stuff just drives me nuts, dude. And it's disgusting if you actually think about it. After repeatedly defying alleged sexual assaultist, Governor <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. Governor so, Andrew Cuomo's office was padlocked due to repeatedly defying the rules of how you should act with other human beings yeah. in, in closed spaces. Yeah. Okay, New York Sheriff deputies slapped padlocks. Padlock. Slapped him right on there. On the doors of Max Public House in Staten Island on Friday after New York State Supreme Court Justice Catherine DiDominiso included the latest in, 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 issued the latest in a series of temporary closure orders. In a statement on Facebook, 
Danny Presti, the tavern's general manager and co-owner, said he was resisting the urge to cut the locks off his establishment's doors to resume business. That's what I'd do. That's, that is what I would Come also... Come and get it. I say I would do that, and then I probably would just end up not doing it more than likely, but I would, you know, talk about it a lot. Mm. I don't know if I would actually do it. Presti said he will wait for his next court date on April 9th when his lawyers plan to challenge the constitutionality of the COVID-19 mandates Cuomo ordered in an attempt to blunt the spread of the virus. Quote, he said, in the meantime, if I go in and clip the lock, it means I go to jail. Not just like thrown in a holding cell like before, it means Rikers Island. 30 days in Rikers, Presti said. But Presti said he and his business partner plan to keep fighting in court. April 9th, this is their court date, I guess. We're coming for you, and it can't come soon enough because this is finally the time when we get to say that none of this is right, that our constitutional rights have been taken away, that these mandates are absolute, absolutely ridiculous, and it's absurd that a year later we're, we're still doing this. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice yeah job, yeah. Presty. So I'm glad they're actually taking it to court, but... Dude, well, I mean... It is a good old-fashioned Mexican standoff. <laughs> I mean, how... How insane is this that that a year later we're still we're still putting locks on people's doors because they're they're not following some kind of arbitrary restrictions, mm -hmm. you know? Well, this time it's because they were serving liquor without a license because they took yeah. their license away for 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 not following the the sexual assaulties <laughs> sexual assaulters orders. And there's the problem with licenses when you allow them to mm -hmm. give you a license for anything that you want to do, they can just take the license away. And that that is a massive problem. This calls for a New York Tea Party, I think. I I hope New York is having itself a tea party. That's what I think this means. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I just it, I'm with you. It's so infuriating, and you know, it I it's hard to come up with what to say. So I feel like I'm having another Joe Biden moment. Yeah. Where I'm like, ah, anyway. Well, oh, well, I'm glad that glad you put I, your two cents on it. It's just, right. it's just frustrating because you would think, you know, if you were in their position, what what do you do? Um, I, I think I'd call up Bundy. Like, say, hey, man, how'd you do it? Do you, go to, do you go to jail for a month for cutting the lock off your door? Sounds like Rikers is a pretty bad place, I guess. I wouldn't want to go there. Because it seems like he doesn't, he was like, not just thrown in a holding cell, it means Rikers Island. 30 days in Rikers. Ima I don't think he wants to go to Rikers. Imagine the conversation, though, at Rikers. Like, what are you in for? Well, there's a double murder. And you're like, what do you want? Oh, rape, assault, all this stuff. What what about you, man? I serve liquor without a license at my <laughs> at my bar. And I uh, didn't have people wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> oh. Um, the next one we it wouldn't be a podcast without mentioning fee.org. Uh, but we I, I had to because we reported on a number last week. And we talked about how much fraud there had been, and I needed to correct the number. We said that there had been about $63 billion worth of fraud that they were talking about in some of the stimulus money. And I, I don't want to put fake numbers out there, and I don't want to mislead you so guys. this is a correction story. This is a correction story. Mm -hmm. Okay. Joe said that he tore the tag off his mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I tore him off my pillows too, man. <laughs> this from Feed.org. Federal government lost five times more to COVID stimulus fraud than it spent on vaccine development, new report reveals. So that you got that right, folks. Last time we talked about this, we under we underreported. Yeah, we only reported a number of about twenty five percent of what the. This is from Brad Palumbo, by the way. We've so, had on the show. Go listen to that episode. 
Whenever the government spends money, a significant portion is lost to bureaucracy, waste, and fraud. But the sheer speed, haste, and unprecedented scope of federal spending in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, an astounding $6 trillion total, has led to truly unthinkable levels of fraud. Indeed, a new report shows that the feds potentially lost $200 billion in unemployment fraud alone. So then, by the way, this was $6 trillion that the government spent, not to include what the Fed did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Federal Reserve. So... More than $200 billion of unemployment benefits distributed in the pandemic may have been pocketed by thieves. According to ID.me, a computer security service that 19 states, accounting for 75% of the national population, used to verify worker identities. That's more than triple the official government estimate of $63 billion based on the 10% pre-pandemic fraud rate. So the, the original number was just based on the normal government fraud percentages the normal government fraud rate, which was like 10%. And so they threw out the, the $63 billion number. To put that $200 billion figure in context, it's equivalent to $1,400 loss to fraud per federal taxpayer. There goes your stimmy check <laughs> in fraud. Or comparing it to the $37, $37 billion the government uh, spent on vaccine and treatment development, it's more than five times uh, more lost to fraud than went to arguably the most crucial COVID initiative of all. That's just scratching the surface. According to the American Enterprise Institute, unemployment fraud now ranks as the fourth biggest federal COVID expenditure out of more than 17 different categories. This is still only the unemployment fraud. Just, yeah, just unemployment fraud. You're, you're going to end up with, you're going to end up with like a trillion dollars worth of fraud yeah. out of this stuff. I'm sitting here looking for 20%. stuff online. I'm sitting here looking for stuff online that I can spend my PPP loan on. Yeah, <laughs> I got a PPP loan. Uh -huh. I'm looking at different pew pews for it. You know, I don't know what to do with it, but I got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, that's not fraud, I guess. I mean, I put in what my income was that year, and and then they just they just put money in my account. Sure did. And I don't feel you know. I had a nice conversation with my wife about that. She's like, "Isn't this you know? Would this?" potentially be slightly hypocritical <laughs> money's already gone yeah that's and that's my answer that ayn rand talked about this a lot a lot of people will give her a lot of people will give ayn rand some hell because she took social security <clears throat> medicare and all that at the end of her or i don't i don't think they have medicare yet but she took social security and uh, government money towards the end of her life and she wrote a lot about why it was okay and so my normal thing is uh, there's no reason Number one, to put yourself at a disadvantage to people who don't have any principles when it comes to what the government should or should not do. And the other thing, what Charlie said, is that the money is going to be spent. What I, what I said to Lacey was, if I don't take the money... It's already been spent years ago. Yeah, it's gone. And it's going to... If I don't take the money, it's not as if they're just going to re look at their budget next year and be like, oh, it turns out we need this much less um, because... You know, mm -hmm. people, you know, we didn't need all this money. It's not as if they're going to say, oh, we didn't spend this in the PPP category. So why don't we send checks back to the taxpayer? You know, why don't we reduce taxes by 0.1% because people didn't want to take this? That's not what's going to happen. They're going to spend the money. It's in an account. It's going to go out. Guess what? It's better that I have it than some freaking commie out there pulling out <laughs> that money and donating to Bernie Sanders or something like that. Okay. I'm going to do better with the money than some commie out there is going to yeah. do. All right. Yeah, like pew pew down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you do the math. 
You do the You're math. You're not saying you committed fraud or anything. Well, no, I I didn't commit fraud. They, no. I, I showed them my papers. You followed the rules. I followed the rules. And literally the rules are, tell us what your income was last year. Are you a sole proprietor or a, or do you or an independent contractor? Okay, here's my tax paperwork that I that I filed my taxes. Okay, we're going to send you money. Yeah. Those are the rules. I did the same thing. <laughs> That's it. And it worked out. <laughs> it worked out well. Okay. So um, anyway, folks, that's where your money's going to Nate's pocket. Yeah. Thank so, you. Thanks for your taxes. Thank you for the money. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole article, right? I, oh, got, the, a, I got a new uh, pew pew. It yeah, came in. You did. It came in. You did. And uh, like you said, they did a re- really good job on the rust work, mm-hmm. considering they had to probably dig for that thing. Yeah. It's Looks been, like they cleared all the mud out of it. Mm-hmm. All that. All nice and shiny. Doesn't even smell like fish or anything like that. Yeah. It looks pretty nice. It's all nice and shiny. Um, The one thing that they go into at the end of the article, which would took him like, you know, five paragraphs to talk about because it's an important point, but it was, it, it was the Milton Friedman's Milton Friedman's quadrants, like the four ways to spend money. And this is yet again, another example of that because the government's not going to spend it efficiently. People who don't need the money, you're going to receive the money. People who don't even qualify for the money, you're going to receive the money because of all the fraud. And that's the way that it works. <clears throat> you can start with the most efficient, and that's you spending your money on yourself. The next efficient would be you spending your money on someone else. And that's going to be you spending someone else's money on you. And then you spending someone else's money on someone else. And that is how the government spends money. They spend other people's money on other people. And so there's no real incentive to be efficient when they do that, Mm-mm. especially when they just keep getting reelected. So anyhow, just thought I would go over that real quick. I'm sure you guys all know it. Hopefully I didn't botch it. So it's the fourth dimension. Charles, tell me about Marianne Williamson real quick. I had the I couldn't wait for Dumb Leap of the Week for this. Marianne Williamson, she tweets out, each year more people by far die of chronic diseases caused by a bad food system than have died of coronavirus. But we don't treat it as a national emergency. Now, Why? Stop right there. The beginning of that tweet kinda sounds like something that people on the right or libertarians would say. Mm-hmm. When I first read this, I was like, oh, yeah. More more people die of chronic diseases caused by bad food than have died from coronavirus, and it's not a national emergency. If she didn't follow it up with the rest of the tweet, then she would have just been completely raked over the coals. Because chemical companies, food companies, and big agricultural companies make trillions of dollars off that system. That's why That's those why. things aren't a national emergency. Mm-hmm. And so... To, to go ahead and extend that logic out, COVID is a national emergency because there aren't a lot of people making money off of it. That's, that's how the logic would go. Mm-hmm. That the only reason that our bad food is not a national emergency is because all the big companies that make trillions of dollars off of it over time. Mm-hmm. But COVID's a national emergency because there's no money to be made off of it. At all. No. No money anywhere for anyone to be made making off of COVID. No one's even let the crisis not go to waste. It's not... It's not like it's not like we spent six trillion dollars in stimulus. It's more than the profits of all of those companies over over a decade, probably two hundred billion in fraud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one's making money off. COVID. No, no. It's only a national emergency because there's no money to be made off of it. <laughs> if there were money to be made off of COVID, then we wouldn't have ever heard about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, people probably died from COVID because they have chronic diseases. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people did. Yeah, yeah. Most of the deaths are from uh, COVID. Comorbidities. Comorbidities. <laughs> so Marianne Williamson had to go into early 
dumb bleep of the week. And we will remember her. Daisy, I guess, Daisy said it's too early for dumb bleep. Too early. It's all, it's only Monday. She rubbing her eyes. Sometimes we just can't. Uh, sometimes there's so many dumb bleeps. Actually, this is every week. There's so many dumb bleeps that we can't fit all of them in at the end of the week. So I'm just preparing for not being able to fit this in at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyhow. It's probably just one that it's not going to be voted on. Yeah. So one more thing here. Before we go, this is weird how economics plays out like this. It's 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 very weird. DoorDash customers' fees go up thanks to dumb regulations. Thanks for that title, Reason.com. DoorDash customer fees are going up. Why they're going up? I don't know. Let's see. DoorDash, you guys know what DoorDash is, right? Yeah. You'd like order, you know, it's like a... It's a better version of Uber Eats. Yeah. I've never used it myself. Let me tell you my Uber Eats story real quick. I got was, a lot of them. I was really upset Saturday night. We were going over what we were going to eat and we were going to order out, but we didn't want to go anywhere because our dog just had surgery. I'm not feeling well. So we're, we, we didn't want to feel like cooking. We're like, okay, well, let's, what do we want? Well, we wanted either some hibachi or something or whatever. We were looking at the different apps. We have DoorDash and Postmates and all of them, right? And uh, Uber Eats had P.F. Chang's. Now, P.F. Chang's is about 20 minutes from our house in Franklin. We live in Nolensville. And so we were like, oh, my God, they're going to deliver from P.F. Chang Chang's. I love P.F. Chang's. Mm-hmm. So we put our order in, and it said that our latest arrival time would be like 8.45. We ordered at 7. So we're like, okay, an hour and 45 minutes, quite a long time, but no big deal. So around uh, 8.30, it said somebody was going to pick up our order. Uh, I think her name was Kristen. Then she canceled. And so the new time was like 9.15. And then it said Doug was on her way to pick up an order. Then he canceled. So then it said 9.30. And then it said Christy was on her way to pick up an order. Then she canceled. I think they went to pick it up, and then they noticed how far a drive it was going to be to drop it off. And they were like, screw that. that doesn't, I, when I was doing that, I wanted the long trips. I know. I didn't understand. I literally, and because it was a long distance, we were doing a $20 tip. Yeah. So like, cause we didn't want to go get it. Mm. And mm. so finally, um, this nice lady named Donna, uh, she decided to pick it up and then it, our delivery time was 10. Now this is three hours after we had ordered it. And so I called Donna and I was like, Hey, like, are you actually going to pick this thing up? And she was like, oh, yeah, of course. I was like, are you actually going to deliver it? <laughs> she said, oh, yeah, of course. And so I called the P.F. Changs and I was like, hey, my lettuce wraps and stuff, you know, they've been sitting there for a couple hours. Can you remake them? Otherwise, I'm just going to cancel the order because I don't I want three hour old food. We ordered this at seven. It's now almost 10. Lo and behold, we got the food and it was uh, it was dreadfully cold. <laughs> Obviously, they did not remake it, even though they said they were going to. So I'm going to I got to call Richard over there i think it was his name richard the manager get a hold of him he said he was going to remake it not i am i'm over we have a terrible experience with uber eats doordash has always been great yeah i don't use them anymore because i've had that experience a whole bunch of times and um i just the chinese restaurant there's one like five minutes from my house so i'll just i just go get it because i I keep having the same problem all the time Mm mm-hmm that, you know, if they would just uh, unionize, then you wouldn't have that problem That's anymore. Prob- probably right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, DoorDash regulators. Regulators are getting a crash course in economics. Across the U.S., authorities are getting a lesson in how government price controls don't work. Isn't that weird? When, a city and state re- when city and state regulators artificially cap prices for an in-demand product or service, providers of that product or service will simply rec- recoup the costs elsewhere. The lesson comes courtesy of DoorDash 
a food delivery app that soared in popularity among restaurants and consumers during the COVID-19 pandemic. Pandemic slammed restaurants, which tended to operate on very thin margins pre-COVID, frequently complain about the commissions DoorDash and its ilk take. But DoorDash needs to make money too. And while restaurant owners might like for DoorDash to cut into their profits less, the fact that so many continue to use the service suggests it's still a better deal for them than hiring their own delivery drivers or not doing delivery at all. And it is. What they just said is that restaurants are upset that DoorDash and Uber Eats and all these other companies take a certain commission out of whatever the food is. They're still using it because they still make money off of it. And it's more than likely money that they wouldn't have made otherwise if they weren't using it. People weren't going to be using their app to, to order. From. Exactly. So they still choose to do it. But in many places, authorities, always keen to pick winners and losers in the business sphere, answered restaurant owner complaints by capping allowable DoorDash commissions. So they put a cap on the amount of commission that DoorDash could charge to the restaurant. Jeez. Since the start of the pandemic, at least 68 cities, counties and states have enacted food delivery commission limits and other locales are considering them. Authorities seem to believe that delivery services can and will simply accept making less money so that restaurants can make more. DoorDash is showing them that this isn't the case. This is always the case, by the way. They will find a way to get the money because they have to have it to operate. Guess who's going to come from? To re- yeah, who's it going to come from? To recoup what it considers lost revenue, DoorDash has tacked on another flat surcharge of a dollar to $2.50, which it often calls a regulatory response fee. Going off of Charlie's idea, which is that they should list out the regulation costs on the receipt. Most of the time they do. You ever yeah. bought an airline ticket? You ever paid your cell phone bill? Yeah. It's all these different fees. Yeah. The money goes straight to DoorDash. Only when customers click a tiny button does an explanation pop up saying the city has temporarily capped the fees that we may charge local restaurants. NBC News found that DoorDash added supplemental local local fees in 57 of the 68 locations that have fee caps. So people are still paying. They're still going to get the money. Mm. It was either going to come from the business by way of more commissions or now every single customer is just going to pay more money. NBC News cites restaurant complaints about the new DoorDash feeds added to customer food orders and how they make order. Now they're mad about the fees added to the customer orders, by the way. Yeah. And how they make ordering delivery unattractive to consumers. (laughs) As if the restaurants have a right to DoorDash out there providing a delivery service for them magically. Right. Just magically. They can't pay a delivery person to be on staff all the time. And so, so DoorDash, they have a right to DoorDash. Now imagine, so imagine you're a restaurant, right? And you get a hundred customers uh, extra per week from DoorDash because DoorDash exists, right? And yeah, DoorDash is charging 10%, right? But isn't it better to make 90% off of those 100 customers than to make, you know, zero than to make a hundred percent off of only five customers because mm-hmm. The, the other 95 DoorDashers got pissed off about the fees and they went somewhere else. Not this, to mention, they know that there's a long-term aspect to where uh, people are going out somewhere. Well, hey, we had food from this place and it was good. Why don't we try actually going there? As things start opening back up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what did they expect? DoorDash is a business in its own right, not a magical lifeline to help restaurants make more money. Uh, and it's, oh, by the way, they put what their profits are. And it, it's not exactly swimming in dough either. In the second quarter of 2020, DoorDash made its first profit ever. Just $32 million is what DoorDash made in their first quarter of profit ever. 
Embassy News reports the company remains billions of dollars in debt, having lost the combined $355 million in the third and fourth quarters of 2020. That's People really don't understand this when it comes to things like Uber and DoorDash. These companies are still not profitable. What's the, what's the profitable one? Is it Grubhub? Grubhub was actually profitable when Uber went through and, uh, and bought it. That's why they bought it, because they needed some profits yeah. on, on their books, because Uber doesn't make money either. But these companies haven't paid back what it, what it costs them to create their companies. DoorDash just had its first profit ever. Lawmakers also seem somehow baffled by the fact that DoorDash won't just altruistically go into more debt to help restaurants make more money. Oh. The newer surcharges have befuddled the legislators who thought that they had finally made progress to limit the cost of takeout food in the pandemic. To limit the price gouging. That's yeah. obviously yeah. what they're doing. Dan Kalb, the city council member who wrote Oakland's fee cap bill, was unaware that DoorDash had instituted the $2 Oakland fee until NBC News brought <laughs> it to his attention. He said, quote, I was not anticipating that there would be this extra fee, but I'm not sure that I can stop them from doing that. <laughs> it is concerning that the fee might be misinterpreted that the city of Oakland is charging something. Well, the city of Oakland's forcing DoorDash. And he says, but while it might not be a fee directly imposed by Oakland, it is the city's fault. It is 100% the city's fault. You can't price caps any any kind of price controls. They don't work. They never have the consequences that people think they're going to have. Well, Nate, what about price gouging? We're in the middle of a pandemic here. And I should have my food delivered hot, fresh, and cheap. I know. I know. Price gouging is just called supply and demand, and we love... That sounds racist. We were loving price gouging the gas stations when they were charging us $1.85 a gallon for gas like a year ago. We love being the price gougers. Mm. And by that, I mean we're taking advantage of supply and demand, and we are getting the lowest price possible for our goods. That's what's happening all the time. People think that People think that price gouging is this magical thing that only happens at certain times. Everyone is always charging the most amount of money they can get versus actually having the right amount of customers and things like that. But, you know, if they could charge, if they could get one person to pay them $350 million, is that what they would charge for it? No, they wouldn't do that. They're going to balance out the volume that they need to do. But anyway, people are always charging the most that they can get. And that changes sometimes, changes every once in a while depending on what the demand is for it. All right. So, I don't really have any other stories. I have another story, but it's too long to actually go into today. So, to 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 finish this off, Charles, I want to know, are you going to get a vaccine passport? Mm. I don't know. Yeah? Um, more than likely, depending on what they require for travel, because I do like traveling. Yeah. I, that's and so most CEOs do. Mm -hmm. Now, if they required one for naps, I know he'd pay double for it. Yeah, you know, I, I would already <laughs> had one. I would have been in early, by the way, gotten mine early. There's just a lot of stuff. You know, I, I like to travel, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, to get back in the United States, I had to take a, a COVID test and it had to be negative uh, when I came back from Mexico, and I did that. Yeah, um, still came back sick, but at least it wasn't. No, I COVID. actually came back healthy, and then yeah. like on Wednesday, I started getting sick. It was weird. Yeah. Well, you probably just acclimated yourself to that environment. You were there so long and now you're here in this breathing this terrible capitalistic air. Exactly. And it's actually made you sick. It has. Spent so much time away from it. Mm -hmm. Although yes. you were on a yacht, so that's kind of like capitalistic air. I mean, yeah. that, I don't know. Pretty much. By the way, it's a good name of an airline. If you guys want to start one with us, we're going to start it here pretty soon. Capitalistic air. <laughs> 
let us know. <laughs> We're looking for investors. Where the prices change as you're in flight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Once we got you in there, we're going to price gouge the hell out of you. <laughs> oh, that Charlie, he's so funny. All right, before we go any further, I'm going to tell you guys about MasterMyStonks.com. Yes, Charles, Chuck, Stuck, Too Tall, Something, Thompson, and I run the Liberty Trading Academy. Been trading for several years now. We worked out all the kinks so you don't have to. All right. So if you're somewhat interested in getting involved in the stock market, then this is the place for you. You can simply type in Master My Stonks, S T O N K S, MasterMyStonks.com. You can use the promo code SAVE20 to save 20% off your first two months. That's 20% off your first two months. That is a crazy deal. We got over 300 videos on there. We start literally from vocabulary words, how to use a trading software, how to read charts. And then we go all the way up to the strategies that we trade on a daily basis. I go live every morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, 30 minutes before the market opens. And we talk about what's moving in the morning, what we're going to be trading when the market opens. I stay live for my first bit of trading in the morning. I'll stay live until about 9.30 Central Time, my time. So you get an hour and a half of live trading from me starting at 8 a.m. Central Time, okay? So if you're interested, maybe you're not. Maybe this doesn't make any sense to you at all. Maybe you're tired of hearing about it. I don't know. But I happen to believe that one of the best solutions taking care of all the stuff that we talk about on this podcast that can just be bringing you down all the time. I happen to believe that one of those things is actually taking care of your own personal financial situations. You don't have to be dependent on who's going to be in office at what time, pushing what policy. You guys know the thing, all right? So if you can actually learn a new skill that could pay your bills if you hit the right button on time, Literally, that's what you got to do in trading. You have a strategy and you just have to hit a button. And make sure you're trading your strategy. Make sure that you're a disciplined human being for a couple hours every single day. Then you could actually start paying your bills like that. Now, that's obviously not a guarantee. That's all going to be dependent on you and whether or not you are managing your risk and whether or not you are being patient and whether or not you're trading your actual strategies that you've tested and that we've tested and that we've shown to everyone. So anyway, you go to MasterMySongs.com. Use the promo code SAVE20. That's all one word. SAVE20. Just do it all in caps. SAVE20 to get 20% off, 20 off your first two months. Master my stocks. You stay classy. There's a link in the show notes, by the way. And I'm also going to go ahead and tell you guys about the Patreon group. That's patreon.com slash Liberty. For as little as $5 a month, you can join in on the live crazy mess that we have going on during every show. Everyone posting crazy gifts and we're talking back and forth. Honestly, I wouldn't want to do the show without the live group that joins every day. It's hilarious. It's not very PC. I'll go ahead and warn you about that. So if you can handle that, then it's a good group for you. So we got the private ser server where we're all in there talking all the time. We got a memes channel. We're bouncing Liberty ideas back and forth. There's writers in there bouncing writing ideas. 
We got ideas for Dumb Bleep of the Week, which we do every Friday. So we got members throwing in ideas for Dumb Bleep of the Week. And you get to vote on what the Dumbest Bleep of the Week is on Fridays, which is our most popular episode. So if you are interested in actually putting your money where your keyboard is, your keyboard warrioring money towards something that could change the tides of tyranny back towards the shores of liberty or something like that. I don't know. That sounded pretty good. I don't know. Then go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. And there's other tier levels too. There's a lot of people that pay $15 a month and that money goes towards running advertising on whatever you want, by the way. And not to mention, you get a coffee mug along with your $15 subscription. You get a nice less government, more freedom coffee mug. When you sign up for that, it pays for itself, literally, okay? But all the money from Patreon goes back into advertising. So we'll ask you, what's something that you care about? Do you have a specific article that you wanna push? Do you have a specific video you wanna push? What is it? And when you say, here's this thing I want to push, then we're going to post it to our social media and we're going to throw your subscription level donation behind that push, that post every single month that you're signed up. Okay, so you are actually getting the word out there to people by signing up on patreon.com slash Liberty. So if you want to actually put your money where your mouth is, that is the place to do it. Go, I'll see you there. Or I'll see you in another time. All right. Back to the show. You should. You should tell your friends about the show. Share the show with a friend. We get lots of listeners that way, so we really appreciate when you all do that. Every single one of you, take some time out of your day, just a little bit of time, and share the show. Send It has a little share button right there when you're listening. You just hit share, send it to you know everybody in your contact list. I, not- I looked today, by the way, and we had 300 more listeners than we did on Friday as far nice. as our total, total listenership. That's so good. I guess you guys are doing something. It's a nice increase. Yeah. 0.1% increase. That's <laughs> a good, so, it's, a, it's a decent increase. Yeah. So, hey, keep sharing. Just, you know, like I said, send, uh, when it says, do I send to all contacts, you just hit yes. And all the contacts. Send it to all the contacts yeah. you have because every <laughs> single person needs to be listening to the greatest show in the history of podcasting, <laughs> the greatest liberty show, the, the, the number one rising liberty show in all of podcasting history. Yeah. Uh, which is Good Morning Liberty. Of mm-hmm. course. That's why you guys are already here. So, share the show with a friend, an enemy. Uh, a, a confidant and a neighbor. And, what if you're uh, friends with your neighbor though? Stay classy with your neighbor, <laughs> you know, and then leave us that rating and review on Apple podcast and Stitcher. I believe you can do it there too. Anywhere else you can, uh, that helps us as well. You know, they, they have these things called charts and, uh, hopefully we can make it on the chart one day when you guys leave us enough rating and reviews. Okay. It's all up to you guys. It's all up to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're it's not, not ch- our fault. We're not charting. It's other people's yeah, fault. That's why. Yeah. So yeah. do that please. And if you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty.